Welcome to ACC Nation. I'm Jim Quist, and our special guest is the publisher of JerryRadcliffe.com. He's also the host of a new podcast on the same, and uh, we'll touch base a little bit with Jerry Radcliffe about that in just a few moments. But uh, Jerry, thank you for for joining us and talking a little bit about uh, what's transpiring at Virginia in regard to Bronco Mendenhall. Absolutely, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been an exciting, uh, jam-packed uh, 24 hours for sure. Exciting and jam-packed. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, the, the master of understatement. <laughs> there. So, um, Bronco really made some, some big differences with this program. And uh, I think it was, you know, implementing a, a – a way of doing things. Uh, and we can, you know, the, watching his interview um, the other day, I got the impression that, you know, a lot of um, uh, of what he does is guided by his faith. Um, that didn't surprise me any. I have a lot of uh, friends and, and even some family members who are LDS, so I get it. Um, and he brought that with him from BYU and his assistants. So there was this mindset there. Um, talk to us a little bit about how that changed that program and started guiding it uh, the way that it did. Well, Jim, you know, I think he, he had a system, uh, a blueprint, and it worked for 11 years at BYU. They went to 11 straight balls. Um, if you examine uh, some of those records, it, it, it's somewhat revealing in the fact that as, as we all know, BYU has older players, more mature people, um, which obviously helps in football uh, when you have 18-year-olds going up against 23, 24-year-olds um, are older <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they won. Uh, the reason, one of the main reasons he left there was because he couldn't convince BYU to join a conference. Uh, he felt like it was, success was... Uh, future success was going to be difficult um, because you had no control of your schedule. Really, you had to take whoever you could get as an independent. And, you know, one week they might be playing Notre Dame or Georgia Tech, somebody like that. The next week they might be playing the Sisters of the Poor and Sisters of the Poor the second. Uh, so um, uh, even though he averaged 10 or 11 wins a season out there, uh, he didn't beat a whole lot of top 25 teams in the process. And so uh, his record was a little bit skewed in that manner, but uh, still, you know, he was a successful football coach. He had a system that knew he could win with. Um, and he brought that here and, and almost his entire staff and their families. Uh, I think when they got here, they, uh, they had the most children of any staff in the country. <laughs> they had like, uh, 30 or 40 kids or something like that. But uh, very uh, close-knit group. Uh, while they were close in Provo, they lived in different wards. Uh, here, they all lived in the same ward. So they actually became closer and tighter. And his coaches became his best friends. And sometimes I don't know if that's really good or not. Uh, it's really hard to fire a friend or to uh, reassign a friend. Um and they, they all said that they became much closer here than they ever were at BYU. So I think that uh, was a challenge. Um, 
some people uh, after the Virginia Tech loss and the four-game slide after being six and two and ending up six and six, a lot of people wanted some heads to roll, not necessarily Broncos, although some did. Uh, they just felt like that he wasn't ever going to take the program any further than he had. Uh, it, it's hard to say. Uh, maybe he could have, maybe he couldn't have. Uh, but I think uh, one of the big problems that they never really could overcome uh, was when they moved east. None of his staff, except for uh, one guy that he, uh, uh, Marcus Higgins, that he held over from Mike London's staff, uh, had any roots in the east, particularly in the state of Virginia. So recruiting in this state suffered mightily. Um, it has only just started to turn the corner a little bit. Uh, and I think that has shown up on the field, uh, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Because if you look, I mean, two years ago, these same coaches took them to the ACC Coastal title, to the Orange Bowl, where they gave top 10 Florida a, a pretty good battle. Um, all the teams that they lost to this season were ranked or were to be ranked, uh, except for Virginia Tech in the last game of the season. Um so that defense two years ago in 2019 was pretty darn good until it got banged up. Um, they even still have some of those players on this year's team, a few. But, uh, I mean, that was an aggressive defense uh, that they called Havoc that uh, obliterated the school record in quarterback sacks and hurries and all that stuff and uh, was pretty darn good against the run. They were almost impossible to run against. But uh, – over the last two years has deteriorated and became a real Achilles heel. Uh, it was, he told us before the season, we're going to score a lot of points. And I said, well, you better because you're going to give up a lot of points. And that turned out to be even more true than I thought. Uh, I think uh, the fact that they never got a real strong foothold uh, recruiting the state had to go all over the country to find players uh, ended up biting them big time. And I, I blame that more for the uh, lack of production on defense than anything else. And I think that reared its ugly head. They were able to get by a couple of games by simply outscoring people. Uh, I mean, they scored 49, one, and 49 points in one game and still got blown out. Um, I, th I, think that's, I think that was the demise of, of, this, of this program, really. Would you say – <clears throat> that this announcement, and, and we talked a, briefly about this between uh, the two of us before we started recording, but uh, to, to reiterate for the audience, would you say that this was a surprise that, um, that Bronco did this when he did it and that he did it at all? Uh, somewhat, Jim. Uh, we all knew after that Virginia Tech game that something – had to happen. That this was going to define Carla Williams' uh, tenure as AD at Virginia. Uh, things have been fairly smooth sailing since she got here. Uh, women's basketball program is uh, a mess, and that was her hire. That's the only person she's really hired, and uh, we expect something to happen there before uh, year's over. But um, you know the football program. Uh, was riding high in 19. Last year was COVID, so nobody could really gauge what was going on. 
this year, uh, while it was exciting football, that Virginia Tech game just left a really, really sour taste in Virginia's fan base. Uh, football alumni were livid, probably as livid as I'm seeing them in a, in a while. Uh, so we, we figured that Bronco was either going to have to get rid of a couple of people on his staff, which we all wondered how that was going to go, uh, if he could do it. And if he didn't want to do it, would Carla make him do it? Um, from what we understand, uh, the day before the announcement came, Bronco had offered Anthony Poindexter the defensive coordinator's job, which meant he was getting rid of one or two of his defensive coordinators. He had co-coordinators. Uh, but apparently Poindexter did not respond. So uh, that was on Wednesday afternoon and uh, Thursday afternoon, he called his staff together, told him he was resigning, then the players, then us, the media. Um, so something happened overnight and we're, we're still trying to find out exactly what that was. Um, Bronco said he wasn't pressured, that Carla asked him to come back, that the school president asked him to come back. Um, I think he just had a, uh, maybe it was a perfect storm to where, uh, maybe he felt like that this program wasn't going to move forward under the present circumstances. Uh, maybe he was going to have a hard time finding, uh, the right people or a person to, to help him move it beyond what it was this year. Uh, they're going to lose a lot of people off of this year's team. Um, we don't know if Carla wanted more people going. We haven't been able to find that out. And if maybe he balked and was forced out or just came to the uh, decision, I, I don't want to get rid of more people. We don't know. No, the only no, the only thing we know is what he told us yesterday. Uh, Carla hasn't addressed the media, and I don't know that she will. Um, so we're all kind of – I can't say that we were totally shocked because we knew something was going to have to happen. There's no way they could stand pat and survive. Um, we, I can't say that we were shocked that Bronco decided that this was it. Uh, he said he just uh, had thought about it for days. Um, I'm sure it was hard to do while he was out recruiting uh, the past few days, the past week. Um uh, he said he felt like he needed a, a reset of his life, that he'd coached for 31 straight years. He'd only been married for 25, and that's all that his wife, Holly, and his three sons, who are all going to be out of the house next month, two of them already are, so they're empty nesters. And I, maybe it was just a reflection of his life and uh, that he needed to find something to reinvigorate him or – I mean, after that Virginia Tech game, usually after losses, Broncos usually, I mean, he's not happy about losing, but he's usually pretty uh, fluid with his remarks and long-winded remarks uh, with great explanations. After the Virginia Tech game, you could tell that something had been taken out of him. He was very somber. He gave us as short answers as he possibly could. Um 
it, it just wasn't the same. And we, we weren't sure how to perceive that. Um, so the, the past uh, couple of days, it's just been somewhat bizarre uh, in the turn of events. And, and, you know, maybe he did, maybe he did indeed need that to just kind of refresh his life and try to figure out where to go from here, maybe come back as a coach somewhere else, maybe getting more involved in the church. We're, we're not sure, but um, I think it may have just been a perfect storm of all those things coming together. And it's, it's a lot for one person to, to be able to uh, sustain. Jerry, I think you hit this right on the head from the standpoint of perfect storm, the way you've laid this out and the way it looks like it's transpired. What Bronco said um, that he reflected on it on Sunday and then over the week, uh, the other pieces that you've added in there uh, to to sort of flesh it out further for us. Um, and there's something in the back of my mind that says maybe this was something that, that he had been thinking about or some aspect that he had been thinking about for some time. Um, who knows? I guess we'll, we'll find out by following you. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. I hope I can give you those answers, uh, as we progress, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, he said he didn't have like any epiphany or anything or had a series of epiphanies, but, uh, this season had to wear on him because there were so many uh, ups and downs. And like I said, one of the nation's greatest offenses and one of the nation's worst defenses. Uh, there was so many ebbs and flows, uh, so many emotional highs and then uh, disappointments. Um, I mean, there were times where they'd score 40 and 50 points and still lose by a couple of touchdowns. But um I'm sure it had to weigh on his mind a little bit, but uh, he, he claims that after the day after the Virginia Tech game that he just started thinking about, you know, where am I, where am I going, what's best for me and my family, maybe for the program. Um, and uh, Bronco doesn't do anything without some sort of a plan. He's a, he's a real thinker. And very into analytics and, and uh, philosophy. Uh, he's a, he's a really smart guy and a really good guy. I, I like Bronco a lot, um, but I, I think he had to know that uh, if they just stood pat, that uh, this program wasn't going to get any better. Uh, we don't. Uh, he has a decent recruiting class coming in, but I don't know if it's enough to to uh, move the program forward or not. So. Um, it would be interesting to, to know what exactly went on in his mind uh, other than what he revealed to us. But um, I, I'm sure that you're right that he, he had to be thinking about it a little bit. I, I can't believe that it just rushed upon him on Sunday. Uh, I, I don't think that's how his mind works or anybody else's. I would agree with that uh, for, for sure. Uh, it, it also surprises me that um, at least he didn't share this, uh, that that he would not have something planned uh, moving forward, something definitive. Um, and, and it surprised me that he didn't share some glimpse of that. Um, but I guess we'll find out as, as time goes on. Um, now, uh, 
you know, since we have for a limited time, and I want to take up all your afternoon, especially since it's a Friday, uh, just a couple of quick questions for you here. Where where do the um, where are the the assistants, the coordinators, and every where do they stand in this this picture? Well, they're they're all on their own, really. Um, believe it or not, um, I don't know if any of them will apply for the job or even be considered. Um, like I said, it's an incredibly tight knit group of people. Uh, I don't know if uh, they're all going to fend for themselves or try to. Make some effort to stay. It does, it, from reading some of the twitters, it doesn't sound like that they feel like that they have a future here. Um, and uh, Bronco said, you know, that was it was on him that uh, you know he's the one that convinced them to follow him to the east, and uh, they were all uh, pretty happy here, I think, from what we gather. Um, but he realizes it's the nature of the game that uh, if the head coach is gone, uh, those under him, all those families are kind of left on their own. And uh, I think he feels bad about that. Um, but only time will tell. Uh, whenever the new head coach comes in, if he wants to keep any of them uh, or not. And uh, you know how that goes. No, normally, if a new head coach comes in, if he keeps anybody, it may be one, one or two at the most, because he wants his own people. Sometimes uh, nobody. So uh, I think all these guys are probably going to have to be looking for jobs. Uh, there's at least, except for the I think the two Virginia holdovers, uh, Marcus Higgins and uh, Clint Sentum. Uh, I think they will get considered. I'm sure Marcus Higgins will be retained by whoever takes the job. He's one of the best wide receivers coaches in this part of the country. Um, but I imagine the new head coach is probably going to uh, otherwise clean house. So uh, I, th I think uh, Jamie Beck, the quarterback's coach, is an excellent coach, and somebody ought to snatch him up because he discovered Bryce Perkins and um, – Brendan Armstrong and uh, led them to excellence. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see where those guys end up. Speculation uh, says that um, there's a decision coming within oh, 72 hours. Um, do you see it moving that quickly in replacing Bronco? I do. Uh, I think anybody other than Anthony Poindexter is going to be a huge disappointment to the fan base. I know he's never been a head coach, but he's been coaching for 17 years. Uh, everywhere he's been, he's made a difference. Uh, he's a fan favorite in Virginia. He's a legend. Uh, and he's a great guy uh, on top of that. Uh, he gave the ultimate sacrifice when he was, uh, after his junior year, when he was a uh, consensus All-American ACC player of the year uh, looked like he was going to be the next Ronnie Lott in the NFL, but he decided to stay his senior year and help this program advance. And lo and behold, he suffered uh, one of the most horrible knee injuries you'll ever see and essentially ruined his professional future. So uh, a lot of people 
love him just for the sacrifice he made. Um, it would be interesting because his co-defensive co coordinator at Penn State is now the new head coach at Virginia Tech. So wouldn't that be something if the two co-coordinators at uh, Penn State end up being rivals here in the state of Virginia? But uh, uh, I know the uh, Virginia Football Alumni Club, who I, I work with a little bit in trying to help build their profile and strengthen their organization, uh, are almost insistent upon bringing him back. They believe that he's the one guy that can unite the fan base, move the program forward, raise the money to uh, for a new huge uh, football complex, which is desperately needed. Broncos said Virginia had the worst facilities of any ACC team, uh, any of the ACC members. Uh, that drive has stalled uh, for the past year and a half. People feel like that he can come in and, and make the difference there, that he can recruit the state and hire people who can recruit the state and bring Virginia football back to the level that uh, people expect. So uh, maybe they won't hire him. Maybe he doesn't want the job. I don't know. But uh, I think anybody other than him uh, is going to be a, a huge disappointment and that um, – and, you know, if it is him, I think it will be a quick hire. They'll certainly have to earn their chops um, if they're going to take over that program, uh, especially if they're they're not somebody who uh, went to UVA. Uh, I think that's awesome, uh, an incredibly awesome need for uh, Virginia to have somebody who went there who understands the state of Virginia. And as you point out, recruiting in the state of Virginia, there is so much talent here that is – seemingly departing left and right to go to play in North Carolina. We've got some uh, kids in my backyard who have all been shipped out to Notre Dame. Um, <clears throat> and there is a ton of talent here that, that needs to, to stay in house to be a little bit of a homer. Uh, so, um, yeah. And, and you got to remember he, he coached 11 years at Virginia before he moved on to Connecticut and Purdue and Penn state. He, uh, he was on Al Groh's staff and, and Mike London's staff until he realized it was time to get out. Yeah, but uh, he's paid his dues. I think he's, uh, I think he's ready for a challenge. Sounds good, uh, Jerry. Tell us a little bit about the podcast. You've been doing it for a while now, but um, you know, people who want to keep up with what's going on with Wahoos uh, definitely need to subscribe to your podcast and uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and, and how people can subscribe. Yeah, sure, Jim. Uh, we, you know, it, it's uh, UVA centric. We, uh, we talked to uh, a lot of the big names from the past and all sports, uh, lengthy interviews, conversations, like you said, a lot more casual as a podcast than a radio show. And uh, you can go as long as you want, which is good, especially for some of these guys because they'd like to talk. Uh, and we have coaches, uh, present day, uh, past day. We do uh, recruits. Um, and uh, that's been exciting. Uh, we talked to all the new UVA basketball commitments for next year, all four stars. And uh, uh, we, do, we do just about uh, everything, uh, players, coaches, recruits, um, some, we do some stuff with the team doctors, believe it or not, uh, to explain injuries and things of that nature. So we've gotten great response. Uh, 
it's always nice to have people like Tiki Barber or Thomas Jones or Barry Parkhill or Ralph Sampson, uh, just any number of people. We even had a great one with Ann Holland, Terry's wife, uh, telling stories. Um, uh, sadly, I guess people know that uh, Terry's suffering from dementia and um, she was the first to actually uh, expose that publicly. And she says, uh, you know, he's the same Terry, uh, just, you know, if you see him come up and, and tell him you love him and uh, that sort of thing. So um, uh, I, I think, you know, if you're a Virginia fan and you don't listen to these, you're, you're missing out because uh, not only of information wise, but just uh, some great stories from the past uh, in Virginia athletic history. It's certainly good stuff. Um, and I encourage people to, to subscribe and also to uh, subscribe to jerryradcliffe.com because if you are looking for Virginia coverage, can't beat it. Uh, the Dean of Virginia sports coverage is Jerry Radcliffe, jerryradcliffe.com. Uh, thank you, sir, for joining us and talking about, uh, about Bronco Mendenhall and the state of Virginia football. Glad to do it, Jim. I always enjoy our conversations, and uh, anytime, you know, uh, I'm open.